My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, see that you tell no one anything, but go show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Just reading that, that first reading from Leviticus here in the year 2021, it has a, a different feel than ever before. We hear it spelled out for us a mandate from Scripture of how people were quarantined because of an illness. That if people were found to have contracted this disease, they were not just deemed unclean, but they had to announce that, that publicly to others in order to prevent them from this infection. After nearly a year where our life has been upended by a virus with so many unprecedented experiences and, and fearful headlines and imagery, where so many of us or, or people we know had experienced being quarantined because of exposure to COVID or of having it ourselves, it's hard to read that scripture the same way. In the past, it seemed like this, this relic of ancient history, and now it seems very relatable. Back in October, myself and our, our missionaries at the, the Newman Center, because of an exposure to someone with the virus, not only had to quarantine, but then we had to share that news. We had to just tell everyone so that if they came in contact with us, they could get tested themselves and to try to explain why all of our masses and everything else was suddenly shifted to completely being online and that the Newman Center was closed. But what was so jarring was that you could see it even on a Zoom call, how people looked at you differently, even from the safety of their, their remote screens. And while thankfully not everyone caught the virus and, and those who did, in our situation, recovered much faster than, than I did with, from my somewhat regularly occurring sinus infection, the entire experience was, was heart-wrenching. We understood the, the precautions and, and the need to be vigilant, but it was hard not to feel that, that loneliness and that isolation, even with these modern conveniences of being able to communicate through a camera and live stream. 
So it's hard to even imagine how much worse it must have been for our ancestors contracting leprosy, which was, was far deadlier than COVID, and without any such tools, just feeling completely abandoned and isolated. And even worse, for these men and women, they were convinced that this was a result of some moral failure, some sin that they had committed, that that's why they were sick. Which is what makes this gospel so much more powerful. A leper breaks out of the colony of his fellow infirmed people. Obviously, he had heard about Jesus, and he has faith. He believes that if he can just get to Jesus, he will find healing. Even more telling, though, we hear how the, the leprosy hasn't just caused his physical illness, but it has afflicted his heart and his soul. Notice what he says. You can make me clean. It's not just to be made well. It's not just the healing of a disease that he's looking for and that's needed. He's accepted that he's his outcast, that he's removed and isolated. He's accepted that label unclean into his innermost being. Everything Jesus does has a purpose. In the Gospel of John, we'll read how Jesus has the ability to heal people at great distances away, like when this royal official travels 20 miles to beg for healing of his son, and Jesus tells them that he can go home. He has been healed. Jesus is even able to heal without even having to say a word and seemingly unaware that it's happening. We hear that in the other Gospels where this woman who's suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years, Jesus is surrounded by all these crowds pressing in on him, and she simply grabs his cloak, believing that that's going to result in the healing that she's longed for for years. And it happens. So now with today's Gospel, we can start to appreciate the, the drama, how it's already raising for this Jewish audience. This leper comes out of nowhere, which already would have freaked them out. And St. Mark notes that Jesus doesn't speak to him from a distance. He stretches out his hand without gloves or a mask or sanitizer, and he touched him. Jesus knows the importance of this physical contact, what that meant on a, a spiritual and an emotional level to someone who's been completely isolated for so long. But technically, not only would that have risked Jesus' physical health, but now according to Jewish law, he was unclean. But before any of those concerns could take hold for the witnesses to the scene, Mark tells us immediately he's made clean. No one experienced a cure from leprosy like that. Few, if any, experienced any cure but never immediately. So this is going to cause a stir. And that's why Jesus tells him not to tell anyone what happens, which he quickly disobeys. Jesus tells them not to share that because there are some who would only look to Jesus for a cure for leprosy, but weren't really interested in anything else that, that Jesus had to offer, which is understandable. When someone's sick, they want to be made better. They want to return to their life as before. But Jesus isn't looking to be simply a miracle worker to help people return 
to the comfort of their existence before the illness. He desires so much more for us. So this particular leper came not because he knew a guy who knew a guy who could fix him. What brings a leper to a Jewish carpenter turned preacher? And that's faith, hope, and love. He kneels before him and he bears his soul and he wants to be made clean. It was more than just leprosy. This was about a change of life. And I don't think the leper deliberately meant to be disobedient to Jesus. There's warnings about not telling people what happened. When you've experienced something life-changing, it's hard to keep that to yourself. He's been changed, body, mind, and soul, by this encounter. So maybe now he, he had to go back to his fellow lepers, unafraid of contracting the disease, to share this good news with them, to give them hope. No doubt he reconnected with family and friends who he hadn't seen in years. And the joy was more than just, I'm not sick anymore. It was the entire encounter, this life-changing, miraculous compassion, unlike he had ever experienced, which was that Jesus knew him, this man who remains anonymous to us. Jesus saw the depths of isolation and pain, Jesus heard the despair and the fear. Jesus read that heart of faith, hope, and love that, that carried the seemingly unimaginable vision that you can make me clean. Jesus reveals to him an intimately closed God who desires to enter into all that, which is why he does what he does. He embraces him. He tells him not that the leprosy is God, but that he has, in fact, been made clean. What is of great urgency is that all that remains true for us here and now, almost a year into this pandemic. Jesus knows you. Jesus sees the depths of isolation and pains that you're experiencing right now. Jesus hears the despair and the fear that's plaguing you. Jesus knows your heart, that there resides faith, hope, and love in him, that desires his healing touch to make you clean, which is what can make this gospel a little bit dangerous and easily misunderstood. When I've advocated people recognizing the importance of faith over fear this last year, some have misheard that or deliberately misrepresented that to say that I'm denying science or as some sort of call to, to resist different policies or protocols that were being mandated. I'll admit I might have been frustrated with some inconsistencies and confusion, but I would never advocate ignoring advice or mandates and saying, just believe in Jesus and that will protect you from COVID or from anyone else getting it. But unfortunately, too many people have gone too far in the extreme on the other end of the spectrum, where they feel more comfortable going to Home Depot or ShopRite than coming here for Mass, where they bought into the lie that since the obligation to attend Mass was lifted, that, that somehow that makes what we're doing here irrelevant or non-essential, 
where they have more faith in fellow imperfect human beings than in the God incarnate, Jesus Christ. A friend of mine a year ago wrote these words that have haunted me since and caused a lot of reflection. She said, it's the plan of the devil to stop mass and to eradicate human touch, hugging, kissing, and all forms of love and affection. The touch and kiss of Christ live in the baptized. Who wants to isolate and deny the food and touch of Christ? The evil one. She said that at the very start of all the lockdowns and cancellations and closing of everything last March, and I can't help but think how she's been proven correct in more ways than I could have ever imagined. Again, I'm not saying that to encourage people to be reckless or to put themselves at risk, especially if they want or they need to take the highest of precautions. That's a personal thing that people need to logically and rationally judge for themselves. But one of the things that's so sickening to me is seeing the despair and the depression and the fear that are gripping so many people. Even hearing people say, I don't get my hopes up anymore. Brothers and sisters, that's exactly what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to get our hopes up and to raise other people's hopes that Christ has come to save us. Not just from a viral pandemic that we had never even heard about a year ago, but from sin and from death that we know all too well and is still running amok and will be around after COVID is part of history. And again, not denying science, is far deadlier than COVID. This week, the church begins our annual retreat, so to speak, as we enter into the season of Lent. Someone asked me the other day, is Lent canceled because of the pandemic? No, no, it's not. If anything, we need it more than ever. And sure, it's going to look different than it's looked in the years past. We won't have crosses traced on our foreheads, but rather ashes sprinkled on the tops of our heads. Yes, we will still have capacity limits and safety precautions. But the fact is, most churches, including ours, have been far below hitting any of those capacities. And even if someone doesn't feel ready to come in person, which is totally fine, there's still countless opportunities online for people to join in virtually for the time being. But aside from that, there's no reason that the three pillars of Lent need to be excused of because of a pandemic. Those three pillars are called to fast, to pray, and to give up. And maybe we need to up our game this Lent and be even more serious and intentional about that. Fasting from food is a powerful experience that's meant to help unite mind, body, and soul in our prayer. And it's an active form of prayer. Now, the church only asks that we limit our food to one full meal on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday and then refrain from eating meat on every other Friday, which honestly is a pretty low bar for us that should hopefully be easy to meet. But it doesn't mean we have to stop there. What else can we fast from? Maybe the news. Maybe social media. Maybe Netflix or Hulu. Maybe it's Starbucks or something. 
Whatever it is, what's some small sacrifice that we can make for the Lord where we remove something that's part of our routine, something that we're used to or are comfortable with, and just make ourselves a little uncomfortable, reminding ourselves every time that annoys us, and it does. When you skip a meal, it annoys you. But just to remind ourselves, Jesus suffered far more for me than this momentary slight discomfort. And then not complaining about it, but using that as an opportunity to ask Jesus to draw closer to me. For prayer, it's so wonderful that you're here on Sunday and that we gather together for Mass. And maybe you're going to up your game by adding the Rosary or Divine Mercy Chaplet or something like that. But maybe something else like who can we adopt in our prayer? Who is someone who hasn't been coming back to church maybe since the pandemic started? Who hasn't come to church even before that that you want to pray for this Lent? Maybe even pray for the courage to eventually invite them to come with you. Socially distanced and masked, of course. And as for almsgiving, for those of us who are not suffering from some financial distress, how can we make a financial sacrifice or a gift to someone or someplace that's helping others? We can easily get lost and distracted whenever you hear someone saying anything about finances from the pulpit, and for good reason. I, I know that. I know we've all experienced people who have taken advantage of our goodness and our generosity. All of us have. But you know what? I've gotten to a place of peace where I'm like, they're going to have to answer to Jesus for that, not us. There are still good people in the church. There are still good people here in this parish who are doing very good things in Jesus' name that are worthy of our support. And there's good people who are doing good things in Jesus' name outside of here that are worthy of our support. Lent is a good opportunity for us to really reflect on that and to think about making a sacrificial offering to support that work. It's another spiritual practice the Lord invites us to renew ourselves in as we begin Lent. These are just a few ways that we can do something because we need to do something. We need to be inspired by this anonymous leper. He demonstrates the importance of moving out of the fog of sickness, moving out of the fog of isolation, and recognizing that deep desire within each of us to encounter Jesus, that longs for his healing touch, that wants renewal, that wants to be made clean. As we follow his courageous, faithful example, we too will find Jesus is waiting for us to say to us, I do will you.